0: servant, and I am listening. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me Oh, keep clapping. What a blessing! What a blessing! What a blessing! What a blessing. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for tonight. May this be an unforgettable night. In your word, speak to us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together, you may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Our Father Bishop Eddie is not with us tonight. But I believe that God is already, has already blessed us. Amen? Amen. Thank you all for coming tonight. And it's, you know, raining and all that, but you made it. Clap for yourselves. I just sense that I should share something from our father's book, The Double Mega Missionary Church. Now, I've also dubbed this, which will end up being a series of our two or three messages, a new season of church growth. Amen. And I'm going to explain it to you. Probably just introduce it tonight, and by the grace of God, continue. Continue. Very soon. But I want to base it on a couple of scriptures. One from the Old Testament. In First Chronicles, Chronicles 12 verse 32. And it says. And of the children of Issachar. Which were men that had understanding of the times. To know what Israel ought to do the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandments okay and i'll read another verse and i'll come back to first 1 chronicles 1232 matthew 2432 and 33 matthew 24 32 and 33 it says now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender, and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. Verse 33. So likewise ye, when ye shall see this, is know that it is near, even at the doors. i like to read it in the New Living Translation. Can you give us a New Living Translation of this same verse? Matthew 24, 32. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree when its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout you know that summer is near in the same way when you you see all these things you can know his return is very near right at the door hallelujah now many many years ago i was in a service where archbishop nicholas duncan williams preached a message called understanding the times and you can tell that for the number of years he preached it and there wasn't a a tape or a video and i can still recall it and it means that it was an epic message somebody say epic message in other words you know he said that his friend another pastor had come to him and told him look i think you must preach about understanding the times And then he said, he went somewhere else, another pastor, to preach about understanding the times. So he said, I will preach about understanding the times. And he based it on this scripture in 1 Chronicles 12.32. Now, to give you a little background about this verse, this was around the time that Saul was no longer, I think Saul had died. And these men of Issachar were among certain responsible leaders in Israel, Who perceived that it was time to come together and make David the king? I I need you to really listen because uh, uh, like an introduction, okay? Now, now, David had been anointed the first time by Samuel in his father's house. You remember that one? When he was in the fields, Samuel made a mistake. He said it's not Eliab, it's not Abinadab, it's not Shammah. Bring him from the fields. That was David's first anointing. Then David was anointed a second time, but over the tribe of Judah, at a place called Hebron. But around this time, the people came together and said, David, you shall not only be ruler of Judah, you shall be ruler over all the tribes of Israel. So, this is what, you see, and I want you to note this part of the scripture which says, they had understanding of the times. In other words, they knew what times they were in. They they knew that, they knew that they were in a particular season. If you like, that's another important word for you to note. A particular season. And then, they also knew that, they also knew what to do. You see, if you are in a particular season, like these days, if you are going out, it will be advisable to take an umbrella with you. Do you understand? Because it rains at short notice, and not many of us listen to meteorological services announcements. <laughs> not many, many, of us listen to those announcements and the weather man has come and all that. We don't listen to. How many listen to? they looking for weather man. I mean, even my iPad, it says London on it. I don't I'll try to change it to Accra, but it doesn't work. <laughs> He's showing me London weather. I want to know what is in Accra. He says, London. They understand me. So, so, what I'm saying is that physically speaking, it's good to know the times you are in. One day, a man of God was preaching. He was preaching in London. But his traditional way was maybe like this. kaftan or fugu or, you know, bubu. And the weather, look, London, if the weather is to become chilly, it will, it will, no bubu can stop people, that type of. <laughs> but he wanted to preach still with God. It's like, where I come from, this what we wear. But you see, that day, somebody gave him some advice and said, you know what? Let's bring you a coat so that you can wear it over this, your bubu, because otherwise you'll be standing here before you realize you are frozen and you can't preach anymore you see so what I'm saying is that we really should know the times we are in and you know I was thinking about what church historians call the six general periods of church history you see if you take the church as God started the church in 30 AD when Jesus Ascended On the Mount of Olives They call that period From 30 A.D. Where Jesus ascended To 100 A.D. They call it the apostolic period Yes the apostolic period It's called the apostolic period In fact It starts from when Jesus ascended Till when John the last apostle died John the last apostle died in 100 A.D. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. That's called the Apostolic Church. Where under the leadership of people like Peter and Paul, yeah. the church made great strides. Until the death of St. John. Yeah. Now when St. John died, the church entered into what was known, oh, you could so the first one is called the Apostolic Church. You could call this part of the church, the Persecuted Church. Yeah. Oh yes. Because for about 200 years, from 100 AD to 313 AD, the Rome, you see, Rome was the mighty empire in those days. And Rome saw Christianity as a threat. The Roman empress saw themselves as gods so if you came about saying that now i pledge allegiance so if you remember if any of you have seen the video of this song by ray boats i pledge allegiance to the lamb it's about somebody who's going to face lions or if you've even watched i think there's a gladiator it also has some things like that in it and then there are a few there are a few movies now these are not they are not fables of you know they really happened There was an emperor called Nero. Nero was a bit mad. And one day, he wanted to write a poem about a burning city. So he sat in his palace and sent his guards to go and set the city on fire. Yes. So he could write his poem. Can you imagine? The room, a great fire engulfed room. And Nero was just writing a poem based on the burning city then when the whole thing burned so much I don't even know how it ended he said it was the Christians who had burnt the city so he assembled Christians and you see some of the things that they did to Christians in those days included smearing them with combustible material and setting them on fire like a torch no 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 you won't believe the things that they did Feeding to lions. Oh, that one that was normal. This that this guy who jumped into the zoo. <laughs> we have not heard of it before. Somebody said he was trying to steal lion cups. Mercy. Hey. Mercy. People are really brave. Old. I don't know. Honestly. I, I really think he was not really correct. I wonder how you jump a ten foot high they say, and jump a 20-footer to enter into a lion's den. Hey, at least you read the Bible and know that Daniel in the lion's Or he thought it was Daniel. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but the church was in this period called the persecuted church. And you see, in those days, uh, huh, you just have to endure as a Christian that's What you have to do if you wanted to be a Christian, you, you even when people were being baptized, spies were sent to say, Ah, oh, this guy's been baptized, he's a Christian. Eh? Okay, yes, and you could be fed to the lions. But you see, in 313 AD, an emperor called Constantine, and I'm sure some of you have read things in, yeah, he he was going to fight a battle and he had a vision of a cross and he won the battle so when he became converted and became a christian and it was the edict of constantine that if you like legalized and made christianity a state religion in rome that ended the persecution yeah you see, it, it, it also ministers to me that no matter what period you are going through, no matter what storm you are going through, no matter what trial you are going through, there will be an end of it. There will be an end of it. If only you will be patient. If only you will be patient. Because it will end somehow. And I'm sure the Christians used to pray. And I'm sure the Christians used to think that Nero was the beast. Nero was the antichrist. I mean so many things. Because he was so much against Christianity. So Constantine's edicts or decree made Christianity a state. So it it now became fashionable or the infant to be a Christian. You see, and the interesting thing, Lady pastor, now, was that some... When, when Christianity became wholesale, then Christianity became a little cheap. I don't know whether you get me. You see, when you have a person who can, who can be killed for his Christianity, he's a real Christian. I mean, why would you be, want to be a Christian if you know you can be killed? You must believe it. Uh-huh. You see? But when it became wholesale... Don't call me. Everybody in it. It is allowed. It's a state religion. Everybody, then you saw that at so least when people had come inside, think, well, you didn't know whether they were correct or not. But that was, that was, that was, that was, so. But this, this part of the church so we have talked about the apostolic church. I talked about the persecuted church. And then the third church is called the imperial church. Because it was like, we are raining, <laughs> And Constantine set up another city called Constantinople. He built a city called Constantinople. Which was like an alternative to Christians. So this was Western Christianity was based in Rome. And Eastern Christianity was based in Constantinople. I hope you, you get what I'm saying. We are talking about times and seasons. They understand me. And sometimes some of these seasons change with the death of somebody. So remember that the apostolic church ended with the death of St. John. Do you remember Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1? Isaiah said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. Sometimes the death of people, and I'll just fast forward because I don't know whether I'll get there. In 2003, two major men of God died. 2003. Kenneth Higgin, who was a major prophet and a teacher, and Derek Prince who was also a major teacher sometimes when such things happen, God is facing out something it's like a, a period has ended and another period is beginning, sometimes you know, so um, the church entered into the imperial church then in 476 AD Rome fell. Yes, because the Roman Empire, which had been so mighty, which had persecuted the church so much, became lost discipline. Yes, they lost discipline. They were the ones that could have parties that lasted for three days, one week. Oh, yes. I can't imagine a party like that. Look, they can eat and drink. The servant will lead his master to go and vomit. So he can come back and eat and drink some more. <laughs> oh, <why? laughs> because like he can't eat anymore, so he has to vomit what he has eaten and come back. Sure, yeah. But that's when the barbaric tribes overran Rome and overthrew Rome. Now, from about 476 AD, which is the so the, the, this was the end of the Imperial Church from 476 AD to about 1453 AD the church entered into what was known as the medieval period the medieval church medieval age (laughs) the medieval age we are talking now you see I'm coming to after I finish the this we can just close yeah yeah the medieval church you see one of the characteristics of the medieval church was that there was no light. I'm not talking about electricity, I'm talking about the word of God. There's no light. There's no light. You see, about a thousand years of the Middle Ages. You see, whenever you are born, we are living in 2022. We should be happy that we are here. I, would have, I wouldn't have liked to live in a medieval, medieval never, age. Never. No. No. Thousand years where you know the truth was somehow hidden. In fact, it is in that medieval period that Islam arose, yeah, and began to conquer towns and cities which had previously been Christian. Yes, that's it. Those that if you have ever heard of the Crusades, that's when they happened. Because Jerusalem had been overrun by the Muslims, and then they say hey, to boy, let's go and fight for, for. So, so Jerusalem. It has known many wars between I mean Jerusalem is a I mean we should go to Jerusalem. I think we prayed about it in the full prayer. We shall go to Jerusalem. He okay. said, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love. You see, there's a place in Jerusalem when you stand, you see three major Christians three major religions of the world in, in, in a view. Yes, Islam judaism and christianity you stand and say and it's the headquarters and all of them their father is abraham it makes abraham great (laughs) he's the father of islam he's the father of christianity he's the father of judaism he's a great man (laughs) yes so that's when battles for jerusalem were fought thousand years but you see again by the grace of god that period ended. You see, those were the times when also the popes had a certain power. Oh, yes. In those days, if a pope told you that you are going to be excommunicated, that he is sacking you from the church. One of the kings went to kneel down to beg him, not to sack him from the church. Because if they sack you from the church, it means you are going to hell. Yes. <laughs> you are going to hell. You are going to hell. You see? And then, secondly... The <laughs> secondly, the Bible was only in Latin, and only the priests could read Latin. So they read it and translate it, and say, "Go and do this." That's it. So that's a time when they began to do things like selling indulgences. Let me just. Uh, there was a pope. Who, whose predecessor? This pope was called Popilio the tenth. His predecessor was called Julius. Julius started to build the St. Peter's Basilica, which is the biggest church in the world. Now, when he handed over to Popilio after his death, Popilio, when he came, because Popilio was not even Popilio the tenth, because there's another Popilio, but this Popilio the tenth, the tenth was not even a priest. No, no, no. Pope Leo X, his father was a rich man. So at age eight, he paid for him to become a priest. (laughs) A rich family. Soon after this eight-year-old boy who was a priest became a cardinal, then he became a, a pope. So you can imagine somebody who he doesn't know anything about. <laughs> but he liked the arts. He liked drawings, buying paintings, doing things. You see, so Pope Leo, instead of spending money on the basilica to build it, he spent money on buying paintings and other things, and also on himself. Then the money ran out. So he had to continue the basilica. So he decided that now, what you do is that if you have a, you had a relative, and the relative had died, was sinful and died, you could pay money, and then they'll transfer the relative. So they'll say that he he won't go to hell; he'll go to Purgatory. Then they'll bring him gradually from Purgatory to to Heaven, through your payments. <laughs> through your payments, yeah. Through your payments. You see, so... I think 1453 A.D. People like Martin Luther arose. Because light had now come. That salvation is by grace. By faith. And not by buying your salvation. Yes. 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 So the church entered into what was called the reformed church and in the reformation oh beautiful all the bibles were translated into the languages of the people that's one of the features of the reformation john wycliffe translated into the english bible john Huss translated into the czech language and um, what's his name martin luther into the german language john calvin into the french language you see so people now knew what was in the bible so you see if you come here and God has given you a Bible to read some people before they could read the Bible they were bent a guy called William Tyndale he was bent at the stake for translating the Bible into English William Tyndale was bent so if you have a Bible and you don't read it somebody paid with his life for the Bible to be translated into English as for this guy what was his name? John... What's his name? Wycliffe. John Wycliffe translated the Bible into English. When he died, the people were so annoyed that they didn't burn him before he died that they exhumed his body and burnt it. (laughs) They burnt it. They burnt it. Then they scattered the ashes into the river. And somebody said, the river took it to the sea and the sea took it to the whole world. Do you understand me? Yeah. 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 I've gone through these periods because at any point in time, God was doing something. Do you understand me? And it also meant that you and I or whoever was living in that era also had something to do. Just like we read in First Corinthians 12 verse 32. Fast forward, I'll fast forward movements like the Methodist Revival and all these things, and I'll come to nineteen the nineteen oh oh nineteen zero four the Welsh Revival. Wow. This was Ivan Roberts a man who, who said, I'm praying for a hundred thousand souls. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then the Welsh Revival preceded what is called the Azusa Street Revival. And the Azusa Street Revival was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, What's his name? Um, William Seymour. Fast forward. The charismatic revival in the early 1950s preceded by what you call the healing revival or robert said in the healing revival the easiest thing to do was to get somebody healed yeah i was like <laughs> you pray for the person the person will be healed pray for the person the person will be healed you see and i'm saying that in every time and in every season god is doing something okay this is a witness of the sixth general periods of church history and of these revivals. And I'm saying that, you see, in our time and in our age and in our dispensation, in 1999, okay, maybe before I even go to that and talk about the UD, I'll mention this, you see, yes. So when God is working, he works with people at the same time several people at the same time in the same era so I talked about 1999 when our father Bishop Doug Mills wrote the book The Mega Church and he said as you read this book I want you to believe God for a mega church say I'm believing God for a mega church he says I want you to receive that's why I subtitled this message a new season of church growth to show you that God is always doing something listen to this as you read this book, I want you to believe God for a mega church. I want you to receive the anointing to rise out of smallness into the largeness that God has destined for you. Then it says, Let me share with you a very important secret. God does not work with only one person. The spirit of God does not move in only one church. If a pastor has been able to achieve great growth in your city, it is a clear sign that the grace of God is abundant for the work of church growth there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I, I want to, I want to, I want to make us aware of this. If this is the only thing you learn tonight before you leave here, then so be it. Amen. I want us to believe. You see, it is. If we take this hall, for instance, we should, we should, we should, we should see it as an anomaly that we have a service here with such an anointed man of God like Bishop Eddie here. Oh, we have a church here. we such an anointing. And then, our weekday service. No, 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 no. Our weekday service should feel this. Oh, yes. yes. But I'm coming. Let me just take my time and read this. It says that. People who think God is using only one man are deceived. The Lord ministered powerfully to Ahab the king through Elijah the Tishbites in first Kings 17 18 and 21 verse 21 but there was also another powerful prophet called micaiah so when elijah was around micaiah was also around micaiah was in elijah's era but you may not know (laughs) do you understand me and he says, Elijah made the mistake of thinking was the only one who was faithful to God. First Kings 19 14. And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets to the sword. And I even I only am left. That's not true. In verse 18, the Lord showed on had 7,000 other faithful prophets. Wow. Yet I have let me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. You can take it back. Please listen to this. I'm about to close. I'm just, I just thought I should introduce this to you as a season of, a new season of church growth. In other words, we, we, we are in the era of Double mega missionary churches. Wow. That's how I'm taking my time. That God orchestrates all these things and He knows what He's doing. Let me read on. It says, I really no, let me let me read this. This is a beautiful part. it says, God is raising up men and women of integrity to pass his people, may you be one of those people that you see, and I'm telling you something by the grace of God in the other two or so times I'll be preaching this series I will talk about what you must become in order to find your place in this double mega missionary movement, remember we've talked about the apostolic church the persecuted church the imperial church the medieval church the reformed church and then the modern church that's the last general period the modern church up to about 1970 and I'm telling you that find your place you see if you were in the apostolic church you had to be among the apostles or the helpers of the apostles remember paul had a lot of helpers romans chapter 16 is a whole chapter devoted only to the helpers of paul he's thanking them the whole of romans chapter 16 he's just thanking his helpers the whole chapter devoted to them may be written one day the story of this church may your name be written somewhere there that he he helped she helped It says God is raising up men and women of integrity to pass out his people. Flow in it. Catch the spirits. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, catch the spirits. Spirit. Those who don't catch the spirits, they become critics. Yeah. They become critics. And then, because they are devoid of the Spirit, soon they separate themselves. And they leave. You shall not separate yourself in the name of Jesus. It says, you will also walk in the glory of the latter church. Learn the strategies of church growth. You see, I'll tell you something. In this era, Reverend Cobbles, in this era, There are evangelical churches. You know, St. Peter's Basilica is the largest church building in the world. It's a Catholic church. But when you come to evangelical, see, because I didn't tell you, the Reformed period split the church into Catholic and Protestant. Yeah. Then by the end of the Reformed period, the church was clearly defined into Catholic. And protestants. Protestants because they protested against the way things were being done. And it is through the protestants that we have the evangelical movement, the Methodist revival. So charismatics and Pentecostals, we are all protestants. Yeah, I hope you understand. It's not like we are bad people, no. It's a movement. <laughs> Do you understand me? Yes. For church growth. And I'm saying that. When you take. Evangelical protestant churches. The largest church building. Is in Nigeria. I think it's called Ibiomi. His church seats. 120,000 people. It's called Salvation Ministries. 120,000. Everyone wrote me church <laughs> and then Dr. Paul who came to I came to be anointed is one hundred thousand church which means there is a grace or you see that's why we sang that song the mountain of the house of the lord shall be established in the top of the mountains In other words, God is now into building huge mountain-like churches. You should clap for the Lord. And why are we talking about it? Because you have a part to play in it. Because if you become aware of it, you begin to think, and by the grace of God, let me talk about some of the things that you can become. In this double-mega missionary movement, let me just go to that side and come back. I mentioned that in 1999, Bishop Dagwood wrote a book called Mega Church. That's the book I'm reading from. Mega Church is the book I'm reading from now. It was 1999. In 2019, 20 years later, is it 20 years later? 1999 plus 20 years is 2019. Then he wrote Double Mega Missionary Church. He wrote that book. You see? And... It tells me that there is a grace. You see, let me share something about insects with you. Insects can't grow bigger than a certain size because of what is called a cuticle. Beetles have a hard cuticle. You know, beetles, they're hard. It's like a coat, that coat limits the size of the insect. Every insect has it. Do you get me? it? Otherwise, you, we might have been seeing insects that are as big as dogs or... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it will be some way, won't it? I mean, mosquitoes, even with their size, the way they torment us, if they can become big... You see, a cuticle limits the size or the how far or how big an insect can get and i believe that in the realm of the spirit as well there are i don't know whether to call them cuticles but there are barriers and there are there are limitations upon churches and upon anything that wants to grow but god when we enter into this mega missionary double mega missionary move god has removed certain limits and certain barriers and certain limitations to make churches yes, I believe it I believe it I believe it and if you can believe it you see because one day Bishop said he was praying for his church to grow and the church wasn't growing so he went on a fast with some of his pastors whilst they were in the church praying the Holy Ghost said get up, go out so he walked out when he went out he said turn and look and when he looked over the church was a canopy of darkness then he said rebuke it when he rebuked it then the church started to grow again yeah so yes you see before you think that, ah, but why is Bishop about so preaching? This is, I think this is pastors and people who, isn't a pastor who should be concerned about church growth? What you don't know, if you have, if you, the, the, when you speak like that, you are new because in a mega church, that's where you find different types of beloveds. Some of you, if the church was to grow to three times, like you find a beloved Contacts for jobs new types of jobs (laughs) more marriages but you see i think that by the grace of god and due to the teaching that we receive here from bishop eddie we should graduate beyond the you see christianity that is all for what i will get out of it oh yes we have been brought up according to Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Believe it oh Believe it. Believe, help me, Joanna, that in your witnessing. Ah. In your witnessing. I know somebody who had three children. Three children. and her husband died. Yeah. So after a broken heart and so many other things, she ended up in the Bible school to do one year. When she graduated, she went to live somewhere around Kumasi. She didn't complete three years to become a pastor. She completed one and a half years or two years. But when she went to Kumasi to live somewhere, she started going on witnessing because of what she had been taught. And she used to pass by a certain man's house. He had seen her. He had seen her. So, he developed a friendship with her and said that next time when you are going with lesson i'll go with you <laughs> and he was going with her once twice three times then he began to ask her that i'm interested in you i would like to marry you the first thing she said was to tell him that i have three children His answer was, and so what? Today they are married. Born three. You are zero. But it's not easy for you to. (laughs) But by the grace and the anointing that is coming, that, that is already here. I say that grace is already here. That grace is already here. You see, and I believe prophetically, prophetically, that Dr. Pauline has even arrived to be in a meeting where we are. It's a prophetic statement. And Hazel, so, that we are in a certain era. Yes. We've seen Bishop Oedipo, but actually came to pass through our church with his, what, 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 what was the thing he was playing? Yes, that's, it's cell phone. It's called the something treble something. He has built a cathedral that seats hundred thousand people. Yeah. Hmm. 100 people even 100 if you get 100 now you will say we should make you a pope <laughs> you will say that all these bishop and things so you are past them we should make you a pope <laughs> we should make you a pope if you get 100 and he doesn't have 100 though he has thousands of 100 isn't that so yes hey, sh- 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, oh, how many know that it's a grace, it's not something that comes and I am saying that I want us to believe today, that we are also being ushered into that realm and into that place we have also been ushered into it it's not for only Dr. Polenente, it's not only for us, What's that? what the other guys it's Ibiomi, it interesting both Ibiomi and Polenente are sons of Bishop Oedipo yeah, and sons of His, who are doing greater. It's not even greater, well, in a sense, because it's also fulfilment of Scripture, because He has told them that if they are His children, they should do, they must do greater things. Sons must look more handsome than their father, and nicer. If you are more handsome than your son, you have not done a good job. <laughs> it's only a joke (laughs) wow oh please sit down let me read this I I think I think I think you've got it I think once you've got it we can end the service yeah I feel that we should all believe and and I personally think also that you see we have many things we are doing many pursuits many plans but all of them will end when we die you are treated accountant. You account in this life. After that, <laughs> you are a medical doctor. You are treating human beings now. When you go to heaven, there's no body to treat. <laughs> Do you understand me? But the work that we all know will have reward both for this life and in the life hereafter is the work of the ministry that we are doing. Yeah. You see, let me end it today, two pastors who had been lay ministers powerfully in the UK were consecrated as bishops. Yeah. They had been powerful. One had been in Italy and con- Italy and grown the church from one branch to 19 branches. Yes, clap. Even to start one by center has not been easy for you. One day somebody came back and said, me me, I'm not called to rural ministry. It's not. I'm called to urban ministry. Where did you see that in the Bible? The pastor has raised 19 branches. He came into full time ministry around June or so. Today, he was consecrated a Bishop. It's a bishop, it's a Bishop. Yeah. So you know what? I want us to embrace this. When we do that, is because Bishop Eddie has recently preached on how can I say thanks. So even for just saying thank you to God alone, it should it should fire us up to do the work. They understand me. And to find our place in this. Let me finish this paragraph. And I think it says. When I consider what the Lord has done In Ghana over the last 15 years Wow, this is interesting And this is what he wrote in 1999 I realize that God Is bringing a greater glory To his end time church And this is a statement Which which is even true today Listen, he says The largest churches Some 15 years ago Would be the youth groups Of some of the mega churches that God has raised up today, do do you get it? I mean, they were the churches that were big some time ago. Now they'll be small. I mean, when I went to a church that I was in as a small boy, when it it looked so big. When I went the other day for a funeral, oh, the church is very small. Yeah. (laughs) But around that time, it looked like it was very big. So, brethren, this is the new season of church growth you understand? we must embrace it we must ask ourselves according to first chronicles 12, 22, what do I do in this new season and that is why if you don't find yourself doing anything in particular then you've not understood it but I believe that you join the men of Issachar or the children of Issachar which were men that had Understanding of the times. Because when you know, when you have understanding of the times, number one, you know what to do. And number two, you will be a leader. Is it powerful? Right, stand to your feet. Too. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Wow. Begin to pray and thank God for this time and era you are in. Thank God for this time and era you are in. Beautiful period. May Beautiful period. Sir of Fremian Ribiera, Midian Nija, Virginoso, O Sande, Ono no war Shira Ebudo, Maya Juma, May Rade, Midame Mene, ye, ne'juma juma, namenye ni seyira se ofremi ya gripi ara. Mede ni je, mede nso. O Sunday, onu nwa Adam shira ebodo. Amém ask God, Lord what shall I do in this time, in this era, in this period when we are building double mega missionary churches, mountain light churches, breaking barriers, removing limits, ha, in the name of Jesus. pray somebody tonight because tonight the light and understanding and revelation that is coming into your heart may serve as a barrier breaking, limits removing in the name of Jesus. Pray somebody tonight. That revelation alone, that revelation alone, that a certain limitation can be broken. You can enter into another realm. Something that was happening that seems so big 15 years ago, maybe small now, because we are in a new era. And I want somebody to pray and usher yourself into that double mega missionary era. Usher yourself into that mega church, into that huge church, into the mountain-like church in the name of Jesus. Ha! Paliando lobo shakaya, lobo boli, Rabandelebe Katoa, Le Shebi, Ali Mimi, Sakole Sakolebi, Andelebe baya Iabe, Shablon de Limi, Ayamamando, kataya Mandelebe Katoa, Le Lababaya, Yando lababaya Yando lababaya Iandola Babaya. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Rako Babaya, Ashami O Lord, into the new realm, Ashami O Lord, into a new era, into the mountain like church. Into the limits removing barrier breaking Palobo shebiande beande lebe bya Yakataya Babande Lebe Maya ilabo Shabani Mi Aya Mama Rabande Lebe Kaya Babande Yado Shabande yakata Yakataya Baba Yaboshe baba Yaboshe Biande Lebe Mama Sataya Baba. Yes, Lord, yes lord, yes lord, yes lord. Thank you, Lord. You know the other day Bishop Eddie made an altar call I, I sense that if you Sense Feel That look I can have a part to play oh, no, no, nothing, no, no, nothing nothing specific I'm as one of those Who knows what he has to do And will do something In this Double mega mission I want you to come forward and We'll pray with you and you go back That's all not calling him to be a shepherd, not calling him to go to Bible school, or anything, but just to recognize that ah Lord, may I do something. May, may when it comes to it, may I be able to do something, may I know what to do. I'm not really doing anything, but I want to do something. May <speaking> you May Juma, May a of Say off a meal, Ribiera, Prayer for you is that one day God will make you the pastor of a mega church. There's nothing impossible for God to do. Standing here may be pastors of huge churches. Oh yes, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, yeah. That's what responded. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you for the light, the understanding, the revelation, the prophetic words spoken through your prophets. It's okay, let him go now. Just support so he doesn't hurt himself. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may go back to your seats Whilst you are standing let's pray You may be here You may not be born again I want us all to pray this prayer Say Heavenly Father I thank you For sending Jesus To die for me I know I'm a sinner I cannot save myself Please forgive me Wash away my sins Write my name The book of life Thank you Father for hearing my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Macarius Church Headquarters, East Lagon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed.